In about 1970, I had my own little store on Beverly Boulevard, right across the street from CBS. And Barbara Streisand drove up, and I had two little old rattan chairs in front, and she bought them both. And I went, this must be the game to play. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to Collector's Gene Radio. This is all about diving into the nuances of collecting and ultimately finding out whether or not our guests have what we like to call the collector's gene. If you have the time, please subscribe and leave a review. It truly helps. Thanks a bunch for listening, and please enjoy today's guest on Collector's Gene Radio. Known as the last great rattan dealer, Harvey Schwartz is getting ready to relaunch his infamous rattan company, Tropical Sun. But why is Harvey the last great rattan dealer? Well, at 80 years old, he's still running the show and grabbing up all the great rattan known, even if it means going to a swap meet at 5 in the morning. To say he loves this stuff is an understatement. His collection spans over 2,500 pieces, and the best part, it's all for sale. Harvey actually started as an aerospace engineer, which has surprisingly helped him in his rattan business more than you would think. See, now he's not only dealing in vintage, but he's bringing back the old stuff and bending the rattan himself. So next time you're in Los Angeles, be sure to check out his store or his website. But for now, please enjoy Harvey Schwartz for Collector's Gene Radio. Harvey Schwartz, welcome to Collector's Gene Radio. Why, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So on the internet, uh, you're, you're known as one of the last great rattan dealers, but that's not where things really got started for you. So can you take us back just a bit before all this kind of started? <laughs> okay. Well, we go all the way back to uh, 1969 when uh, I was an aerospace engineer. And uh, in 69, the 10-year uh, space programs were over. And there was 25,000 guys in L.A. just like me out of work looking for jobs. So um, I decided to go into the antique business with my wife, at the time, and she was a great collector. I knew nothing. Um, so we opened up a little store, and we were off and running. And I seemed to have uh, doubled every couple of years in size because I learned quick because I loved Art Deco at the time, and there was plenty of it to be had in Los Angeles. So I've been doing this uh, for, from 69. and about 1970, I had my own little store, on Beverly Boulevard, right across the street from CBS. And Barbara Streisand drove up, and I had two little old rattan chairs in front, and she bought them both. And I went, this must be the game to play. So <laughs> I've been continuing. I've been selling and buying and selling rattan ever since. Was she uh, a long-term customer after that? Yes. Uh, she bought Deco from me and all kinds of things. and uh, And also her son. When her son was old enough to have the nanny drive down Melrose to uh, all the antique stores, he used to come in and he was a customer. And at one point you had three different businesses under one roof. How did those mix together? Ah, well, I started out as uh, Harvey's, Harvey's on Melrose, of course. And then I started doing rattan really heavy uh, in the late 70s and early 80s. So I put sign out Tropical Sun Rattan Company. So if you see a picture of my store in the old days, half of the store said Harvey's on Melrose and the other store said uh, Tropical Sun Rattan. Um, and then I did so much business with the, the movie business that uh, I also opened up a, a prop house and I called it 20th Century Props. 
And that was kind of an instant success. I was very happy with that. And that grew to be the biggest prop house under one roof in the world. Um, I had over 200,000 square feet. And I looked like, you know, with all the racking inside, it looked like a big giant Costco, but only antique furniture and lighting. So it, it's been a fun ride. And I'm doing a little bit of uh, 20th century props uh, renting still. And I do a little bit of uh, Harvey's on Beverly uh, with all the kinds of mid-century modern lighting and furniture, which I still have a lot of. And now I'm launching this month, as a matter of fact, Tropical Sun Rattan Company again. Wow. How exciting is that? It's very exciting. I'm going to go for it all the way. And uh, I've got thousands of pieces of vintage rattan including uh, 21 pieces of original Paul Frankel, which no one has, and no one has it for sale except me. That's why you're the last great rattan dealer. Uh, Yeah. So you've been collecting, restoring, and selling rattan pieces for over 45 years now. Yes. How do you sift through the pieces in which you collect, restore, and then sell? Um, Well, I only buy the the well-known high-style rattan pieces, you know, like a six-stranded square pretzel or a three-stranded, three-quarter pretzel and those kinds of things. Um, On my website, you can see I have one page of all the top um, designs of the day. And uh, those are the kinds I buy. I try not to buy the everyday kind of rattan or the inexpensive rattan. I'm just dealing with the really pretty stuff, the designer stuff. And they all call it Paul Frankel, but almost none of it is. There isn't any Paul Frankel for sale anywhere that I know of. It's kind of one of those like Paul Frankel style sort of things, but they just always leave out the word style. So you think it's oh, yeah. actual Paul Frankel. <gasps> yeah. Well, I start, stopped selling rattan furniture in uh, 1995 and I didn't start up again until uh, 2015. So there was 20 years that uh, rattan went away and there wasn't anybody selling it or anybody buying it. Um, it just, it was gone. What were you doing in, in between those years? Oh, uh, 20th Century Props was uh, so large that uh, it kept my time. And you know, I had 28 employees and 200,000 square feet. So I stopped selling things and I would only rent. In 2008, when... Uh, the crash happened for everyone. It happened for me too. And uh, it was not only, it was the perfect storm, you know, with, with everything going on, including uh, Hollywood moving away from Hollywood because of the writer's strike and the, all those kind of strikes like, like it is today. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to be tough in LA for quite a while. Are you bending rattan and, and making pieces yourself as well? Yeah, I'm starting to reproduce them because I can't find enough of the old stuff. So I'm making uh, reproductions of the, like the Golden Girls rattan furniture, which I made in the first place also in the 1980s. And I call it the fan arm. Um, nowadays, we call it Hawaii style. Um, but I made that in 1984 for the uh, Golden Girls. And uh, that was kind of the, the, the greatest period of rattan furniture ever. And then it, it all kind of went away to about, uh, you know, 95. 
I feel as if we're seeing a boom in rattan right now, and it's kind of a great time for you to get back into it. Wouldn't you agree? Um, well, I created the the need when I went back into business uh, selling rattan furniture in 2015. Uh, there wasn't anybody on the internet selling rattan furniture, and if you Googled rattan furniture, what you would come up with was woven plastic outdoor furniture only. Right. So I had to kind of teach the whole world what rattan was again. So I started renting it. Um, so I did a couple of movies uh, with rattan furniture in it, and I did a lot of uh, print. Because, you know, the decorators always like, are looking for something that's different. So I was different. You know, here I was with tons of rattan furniture in uh, 19, you know, 2015. So all the decorators wanted to put it in their TV shows and movies and on uh, magazines to uh, advertise their clothing and such, Louis Vuitton and everyone. So it was in, it was in, everybody's, in front of everybody's eyes everywhere. So that's what made uh, rattan furniture popular again. And within a couple of years, everybody was making rattan furniture and selling rattan furniture. What are the biggest challenges in rattan dealing and collecting today? Um, knowing what you're buying, there was a lot of reproductions made in, uh, in the eighties and nineties. And if you're paying top dollar to have the, uh, the old stuff, the 1930s or 40s, you know, you have to kind of read my book to get the hint of how to tell the difference between the old and the new. It's kind of funny because in a lot of industries of which you collect, you know, art, wine, cars, watches, whatever it may be, you know, the saying is is always by the dealer, but you're, you're making it pretty easy for everybody because you are the the sole dealer of, of all this stuff. Right. And, and one of my keys that makes me successful is you'll find the word restored in every one of my ads or, you know, wherever I'm selling it, every object says restored. No one else really restores their rattan. I was looking around today at, on the internet to, at the, some of the other people that were selling rattan furniture and the cushions look great, but if you look close at the arms, they're, they're kind of dirty or scratched or, you know, all kinds of undesirable rattan ah. furniture. Mine are all restored and all perfect. As someone who sells and restores the same items that you also collect, how do you deal with the internal battle of what to keep for your personal collection and then what to sell? Oh, I keep nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have I have some stuff. I had collections in my house of... I used to collect everything. I used to collect crystal balls. I used to collect dice, rabbits, because Harvey the rabbit, people, you know, what What are you going to buy an antique dealer who's got everything? Right. So I was collecting rabbits. So I had all those collections of dice and crystal balls and rabbits and Art Deco and Art Nouveau. And, but I'm 80 years old now, so I'm building the rattan business, but I'm selling everything I've ever owned, all the bronze and ivories and all the fabulous pieces I've collected over the years. My house is kind of kind of bare now, and I don't have any showcases. Or I'm selling all my antique radios, and you name it. I'm, I'm selling it all. So <laughs> it's easy for me not to keep anything now. 
But as a collector of, I guess, of many things, whether it's furniture or crystal balls or dice, if it goes to a great place and you know where it's going, do you, do you still get joy out of knowing that someone else is now the custodian of that thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, I've got, you know, f- probably the five of the best radios um, from the 30s and 40s ever made. Um, and they're all for sale. I've sold uh, two of them so far. And I'm thrilled that they're going to, you know, a, a radio collectors who really understand them and appreciate them. At one point, your collection totaled over 2,000 pieces. And obviously, you're selling a lot of stuff today. But where do you think that number stands today in terms of how many pieces of retained furniture are you going to be relaunching with? I've got probably 2,500 pieces of rattan now. And I'm ordering some of the new stuff, which will come in soon. But I, I've got uh, 2,500 pieces now. Probably have more right now than ever. Did you grow up in a family that collected items? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was my wife at the time got me hooked on uh, buying and selling antiques and, and old stuff. And since I was an aerospace engineer, I kind of understood straight lines, circles, and squares. So... Because everything I did was straight lines, circles, and squares. So that's why I went into Art Deco originally. I just loved straight lines, circles, and squares. (laughs) I would love for if you could tell everybody about the book you wrote, Amritan, and why it's important for them to grab a copy of it and understand it so that they can, I guess, better learn about the importance of rattan furniture. Well, in my book, I show a lot of pictures of the really good rattan and uh, the the pictures are really high resolution. So it, it's really great. I was really lucky. I did a, uh, a show with uh, Santa Monica Heritage Museum and I did a whole giant room of rattan furniture for them. Um, I think it was during their radio show. I'm not, don't remember exactly, but uh the Schiffer Book Company, the uh, guy who owned it, you know, came by and he was in, enthused with my rattan furniture. So um, we decided to do a book together. That room, by the way, that I had at the museum, I sold the whole room to uh, John Candy at the time. I think that was 1995 or six. I'm not sure. So the uh, owner of uh, Schiffer Book Company was the one who talked me into doing a rattan book and uh, sent a photographer to my warehouse. And we started up with uh, taking pictures of everything I owned at the time and and putting it in the book. And then we started writing dialogue. And it's more of a labor of love than anything. Why people should look at it, it's uh, besides having really great pictures, you can you can see the differences of uh, good rattan compared to what you you might run across uh, at a garage sale or something. Good rattan is really different than old uh, than the newer newer rattan. The old rattan used to be you know used to sell the rattan poles themselves. Um, the manufacturers would uh, classify them as A, B, or C. You know, if the C's wouldn't be as pretty as the A's. Of course. So everybody made all the rattan with the A poles, but they ran out of it because of the pollution and things like that. 
it you know it it makes rattan dirty and so uh, in the uh, 70s and 80s when pollution was really worse than it is now really the poles were kind of terrible so they started painting things and staining things white um, or all kinds of different kinds of funny colors and my my book kind of explains all of that that's great so it's a it's a full guide to rattan furniture and what to look for, what not to to buy, and uh, what the good stuff really looks like. Uh huh. Yes. I'm curious to know how is the, I guess, furniture rental for props and all that stuff. How has that industry changed since you got started? Oh well, it used to be pretty easy to uh, rent anything. Nowadays, the one of the problems is that everybody's moved out of town. Uh, Georgia, Canada, everywhere. So it makes it a little a little more difficult. And I used to be able to rent art. You know, all the old, like in the, when you have a tan room, you want to have flamingo pictures on the walls. Sure. But you can't do that anymore. You, um, because of clearances and everybody suing everybody, it makes it really difficult to rent anything that has a name on it. You know, you can't rent, Herman Miller furniture, unless you pay Herman Miller to be able to use, if you, you know, rent something from an old store and you have to get clearances for it. That's, that's why you see not very much good art on the walls in TV and movies nowadays. So it, it, it it's changed a lot, it's a lot more difficult to rent to them and a lot more difficult to, uh, get clearances and then the lawyers have stepped in and they're kind of want to play games. And nowadays I have to fill out so many forms to be allowed to rent furniture to the movies. That it's <laughs> just craziness. Unbelievable. Sometimes not even worth it probably. Right. In terms of modern manufacturers, I mean, there's, there's obviously nothing like vintage, but in terms of modern manufacturers, is there anyone that's making rattan furniture the right way? Yeah. There's a company back east. Uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but Belinky is the, is the name of the company. Belinky Brothers, I think it is. And uh, they've been making furniture since the 1870s. Oh, wow. Um, so it's an old family company and um, they do a pretty good job on rattan furniture, but their rattan, new rattan furniture seems to be older than my, I mean, more expensive than my old rattan furniture. <laughs> so, you know, why buy new? Because you can't really sell it when you're finished with it. But right. the old stuff, you know, keeps its value and keeps growing. I look at my price list from 1997 and it's like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we all missed out. Yeah. All right, Harvey, I want to finish up here with the collectors you run down. Um, this is a short list of questions that we ask all of our guests, and you can answer them however you would like, short or long form. And it can be based on any of the collections you have, whether it's crystal balls or dice or old radios or rattan furniture. Sounds good? Okay, sure. Okay, what's the one that got away? <laughs> um, when I had my, my first store on Beverly Boulevard, a lady came in with a Mersham pipe, and it was a hand-carved naked lady on a pipe, and it was just magnificent. And uh, I went, I was so excited about it that uh, 
she got scared and said, oh, no, no, I'm going to think about it. You know, I asked her what she wanted, but no, no, I want to think about it. And she left. And I never, you know, so I learned never to get excited about things when they appear in front of me. How about the on-deck circle? So what's next for you when you're collecting or dealing? Uh, maybe you could talk about the launch of Tropical Sun again. Ah, well, I'm doing a lot of advertising. I'm on I've just launched my last week. I've launched uh, Facebook and Pinterest and all the social media places. And uh, we're doing lots of advertising. And so we're going to launch a new company with, you know, mostly vintage rattan. Some some new, but not very much, but all vintage because I, I have an awful lot of it. And the style of it and the workmanship to it are, are superior to what, what they do nowadays. So I'm real happy with what we're doing, and uh, I'm looking forward to growing the company to be one of the leading rattan companies for the world. As it always has been. As it always has been. Uh, Tropical Sun Rattan Company really started in Pasadena on Colorado Boulevard with an old, an old guy that I met. His name was, I uh, can't remember his first name, but his name was Mr. Fishback. And he started in 1934. I've I found ads and different things posted. And wow. uh, I bought the company in uh, the late 70s because um, they were doing only outdoor furniture and, and metal and awnings. He, they were big in the awning business. So I bought it and I bought a lot of old stock out of the old warehouse that they had uh, that was never used from the 50s. And, you know, I still have one or two pieces with the original labels or hanging tags on them. So I'm hoping to be as big as he was someday. <laughs> I would say with you having 200,000 square feet at one point is a, is a pretty good mix of uh, being close to probably what he had. Yeah. How about the unobtainable? So what's a piece of rattan that maybe is in a museum or a private collection that you know of that is just so unobtainable, you just can't have it? Well, that doesn't occur in rattan, but because uh, I've got <laughs> I've got one of the best couches that were ever made by Paul Frankel. It's in his book, and it's a nine-stranded square pretzel, and it's, it's oversized. He made it just – there's nothing like it ever. Um, the cushions are bigger than – all cushions. Uh, in the old days, you know, like all of my rattan, the cushions are 22 inches wide because wow. in the old days, <laughs> fabric was 48. So they cut the fabric in half with a, all the pretty picture on it and designs, and you'd have leftover. You could only have a maximum of a 22-inch cushion wide. So every cushion in my warehouse is basically 22 inches, give or take a half an inch. But uh, Paul Frankel, he wanted to be different, so he made like the nine-stranded square pretzel, the only one I've ever seen on the planet besides in his book. It has oversized cushions. It's got 27-inch cushions wide, and they didn't make fabric, so you had to buy his fabric that he would make for you with his designs on it in the old days. That's amazing. So unattainable? I don't think there isn't anything better than what I've got. <laughs> That's great. 
All right, the page one rewrite. So if you could collect anything besides rattan or any of your other collections, money, no object, what would it be and why? Uh-huh. What could I collect that I don't have? Well, the only other thing that I like are the uh, 1920s and 30s uh, bronze and ivories like Japaris and those people, but it's against the law in, in the United States. But I, you know, I would love to own a lot of those pieces. I just they were legal in the old days when I used to go to Europe and see them. And you know, I brought home a couple of pieces that I owned and sold in the old days. Uh, but nowadays it's all, it's illegal. It shouldn't be because it, you know, the it's only a little tiny piece of ivory used on a, on a bronze and ivory figurine. And it's over a hundred years old. So the old, they ought to leave the old stuff alone and just outlaw the new stuff. I agree with not, Killing elephants, and the new stuff. There shouldn't be any new, but uh, not to uh, outlaw the old. How about the goat? So, who do you look up to in the collecting world? Collecting world. Um. For example, was uh, was Barbara Streisand a great collector of of furniture? And I know she bought a lot of pieces from you. Oh yeah, she was she was a great collector. Um, in her Malibu house uh the the guest house which was the pool house which was bigger than my house which is my house is pretty big but that pool house had only rattan furniture and and hawaiian memorabilia pictures and art and everything only just tons of rattan wow and uh, then her main house next to it was only art nouveau and art deco and uh, she, she was a collector. Uh, she had an auction a couple of years ago, and uh, outstanding pieces of of Art Deco from all the best designers on the planet, mostly European. Uh, a little bit of uh, Paul Frankel rattan or Paul Frankel furniture that he made in the early days in uh, New York City, called skyscraper design. She was a great collector. And I've, I've heard stories about how she had a, a basement that she had set up like a retail store. That's great. And that's how much stuff she had. Did you get a chance to bid on any of the rattan stuff in her auction? Uh, no. Uh, the rattan never came up. It was only the really great Art Deco and Art Nouveau stuff that came up for auction. But it was uh, way too high. You know, I'm not going to pay $200,000 for a... Uh, standing floor lamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. The hunt or the ownership? Which one do you enjoy more? Oh, the hunt. I still do it. I'm 80 years old and I am at the swap meets at uh, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Good for you. That's great. Keeps me young. Harvey, most importantly, do you feel that you were born with the collector's gene? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great answer. I love it. Never heard, never thought about that. <laughs> Harvey, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I wish you all the best with the relaunch of Tropical Sun. And I'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes so everyone could go check it out. And uh, everyone always needs some rattan furniture. So Harvey's the guy. I am. <laughs> and thank you so much for uh, entertaining the world with my me and uh, everything else that you do. My pleasure chat soon. Bye. Thanks. 
All right, that does it for this episode. Thank you all for listening to Collector's Gene Radio.